Welcome to Library Cooks. I'm Erin. And I'm Jennifer. And we would like to start off by addressing some of the feedback that we got about the mint julep from last time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's apparently rather polarizing that we didn't (laughs) like it, which is fine. Um, (laughs) One of the comments that I got was that you shouldn't put the mint in the syrup, that you should do the syrup, a simple syrup, have your bourbon, just a massive amount of ice, and then take your mint sprig and gently swirl it through, and that's all the mint that you need. So, and I think that would probably make that drink a lot better. Yeah. Because I'm, like I said in the, in the podcast, I'm not a big fan of mint anything, so I would not even... I drank mint juleps, but it's not my favorite thing. So, but if it was like this, I, I guess I probably would have said, oh, okay, this isn't bad. Yeah. So that was our big thing was just the amount of mint seemed... A little too much. Too much. So so thank you for the feedback, and we appreciate everybody who has let us know on all our podcasts what we've done. So we really want to thank everybody for giving us feedback. It's been great to hear from people. So thank you. So this episode is our international foods yeah. episode, which we were very excited about. Opa. <laughs> so we didn't do any Greek. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what we did do, we did um, Italian, Japanese, and Indian. Uh, so the recipe that we made together is Italian, and it's from Lydia's Celebrate Like an Italian. And this cookbook is ready to party. Yes. It's all about having party foods. I really like how it's laid out that it has a table of contents for each section. Yes. And an introduction for each section of how that particular course is going to fit into your party. I I also thought it was neat that each recipe had in a different color how many it served, but also tips in the head notes of how to multiply it so that you could have a bigger serving if you had a bigger party. She also mentioned things like you could serve it over this or you could use this instead Mm -hmm. um, if you wanted to change it up. I also wanted to say I love that she dedicated the book to the reader. Yes. Which I thought was really nice. Yes. So the recipe that we picked to do um, was one of the simpler ones out of this book. The the book overall, it's really made to impress your guests. Yes. Some of them are complicated. Yeah. There's a lot of making your own pasta, stuffing your own ravioli. (laughs) So we picked something that was much simpler than that. But if you really want to impress your guests, this book will help you do it. Yes. Um, So we did the squash and sausage and tomato sauce. Mm. And I'm not going to try the Italian name, even though it's under there. So if you (laughs) wanted to do your menu with the Italian names, you could. You could and impress. Extra fancy for your party. (laughs) They'll think you speak (laughs) Italian. Yes. Um, So I really enjoyed this recipe. I thought it was really quick cooking. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. a good weeknight recipe out of a party book. Two. Oh, yeah. A, a meal you could serve, just your family. Didn't mm-hmm. have to be a party. Yeah. So I served it over bread. Okay. Um, I use polenta. Cool. Because it, it suggests in the head notes either polenta or toasted bread. So I'd, I went the bread route. I really liked it. Um, I think it would be good with bread because it would soak up all that great sauce yeah. that you have with those uh, tomatoes. Yeah, and that was something we talked about before. It, it calls very specifically for the San Marzano tomatoes. And I 
I couldn't find them, so I didn't use them. I just used regular crushed tomatoes. It says specifically in here to crush your tomatoes by hand, mm -hmm. and I didn't do that. <laughs> and I Bad. think it was fine. <laughs> I also bought pre-cut butternut squash. I did too. So uh, couldn't find a butternut squash, which is more of your winter. Yeah, more of a winter crop. And I will say this: Lydia loves those types of tomatoes, and mm -hmm. so you will find she uses the same same type of tomato. I also couldn't find. She calls for a specific type of cheese. It's a cow's milk cheese. It's called uh, Grana Padano, mm -hmm. and I could not find that at all. So Chef Google told me that Parmigiano Reggiano would work in a pinch. So that's what I used. Yes, instead I used the same. This is probably a harder, probably a specialty cheese. Yeah, I looked all the way through. We went to um, our local Kroger, and it has a very extensive cheese section, but I couldn't find yeah. it. So um, maybe but a you'll be okay if you store. can't find it. Yeah, yeah, I think Parmesan worked just fine. I do too. So, what did you think of the recipe? Well, um, like you and I talked earlier, um, I thought it was slightly bland. Mm. I wasn't as in. It was good. I, I would make it again. I might tweak it. I'm not sure. Yeah. I sometimes feel like as a as you're cooking, sometimes you have an off day and you mm -hmm. bring home your frustrations and you're tired. Yeah. And sometimes when you cook like that, mm -hmm. I think it kind of shows up in your food. And yeah, I feel I like I was having like a long, hard day and I was like... Maybe I should have made this another day, and it would have tasted a little different. Yeah. And I wonder, too, what kind of sausage did you use? I used sweet Italian sausage. Okay. I actually used the real sweet Italian sausage, uh, and I, I used, removed them from the casing. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. I used a fake Italian sausage, and I wonder if the difference in how each sausage was spiced mm. made a difference in how— we experienced the recipes because I felt like it was really good. I really thought there was a lot of flavor to it. Mm -hmm. it so I wonder if the difference was our sausage. And it could be. I personally don't like sweet Italian sausage. Mm -hmm. I like a milder sausage that has a, um, a little more fennel seeds mm -hmm. in it. And I think for me, I think I, I was missing that fennel taste that I wanted. Yeah. And I should have used the mild. But because the recipe called for sweet, I went for that. Generally, when I buy sausage, I do not buy sweet. Yep. So maybe that maybe that's could have been that for me. Yeah, for us. And you could be right. But uh, even my, my toddler ate this and liked it. I just left out the red pepper flakes so that she could yep. eat it. And she, she ate all of it. She was... <laughs> A tomato mess. Uh, so <laughs> it really... So it was perfect. <laughs> yes. So I think it, it was a good family weeknight meal. It was very quick, especially if you do it over bread. You just toast your... What kind of bread, bread. did you use? I, I, got a, I got Italian Italian round, so it was Ooh, nice and crusty. Yummy. So it was very good. Maybe, so we I'll, just, maybe I'll do that next time. Yeah. We just spooned it on top and then just use a knife and fork to eat it. I think you could probably do it. Instead of polenta with, like, rigatoni, one of the big... Oh, big pasta. A big yeah. pasta that would hold the that would definitely sauce. work. That would definitely work. I yeah. like that. I would definitely make this again. I think, like like Aaron and I talked about, I think I would use, a, you know, a mild sausage with the, yeah. more of a fennel because I'm a person that wants to taste the fennel. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably why. So And I would absolutely make this again. Actually, my husband was like, can we put this... In the rotation. In the rotation. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I 
overall really enjoyed this cookbook. I didn't end up making anything else out of it. It's but a, it's a really it is it's a great it's, cookbook, and she. I like to watch her show, mm-hmm. um, and so I like watching her cook, and she really is, really is great on talking about Italian foods and like, and some of the stuff she'll mention even on her show about this is sort of an American version of an Italian yeah. dish, um, which I think is nice. Yeah, and she's got in here one of my favorite Italian oh, soups is wedding soup. And I she love it has too. A wedding soup recipe in here, and it's. You're making your own broth. You're doing it just like Ooh. it should be done. So yeah, it looks amazing. I would. Do you I, think you're gonna do it? No, no. I, I. It's a when you make the broth with veal bones. So yeah, no, not, not for me. But I, I definitely see this as a very. It's a great book. Yeah. Good. Yes. Great cookbook. Great cookbook. Good job, Lydia. Yes, we really enjoyed this one. The recipe that I made individually comes from uh, Mastering the Art of Japanese Home Cooking by Masaharu Morimoto, Iron Chef Morimoto, and I'm holding the book up like you can see it (laughs) because I'm just so excited by it. She she loves him, I I love Iron Chef Morimoto. I'm a bit of a fangirl, so. Mm, I think he's cute. And he is cute. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I, we're both fangirls. Yes, I think we are. I also just love Japanese food anyway. I've cooked it before. So it our international theme was a really great way for me to just be like, yes. I, I want to talk about wanna, my Japanese love. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is a beautiful book. And I'm not just saying that because I have a small crush on the chef. <laughs> and there are lots of pictures it's a beautiful book. It, the typefaces, the chapter divisions, it's just really well laid out, but also simple. You, I think a lot of people, and like myself, I've, I've, I've probably, to be honest, I don't think I've ever really cooked anything Japanese. I've, I've done stir fries, but I, it's, you know, I don't know if it was actually Japanese. I kind of just made up my own yeah. thing. And I think for some people, it's scary. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those like, oh, I don't know how to make that. And yeah. then you look through the cookbook and you realize, oh, I have some of these things in my house. I could make this. Yes. it's It really breaks down what can seem to be intimidating. And it, it, once you have made a few things or you read through the instructions, which are you know, really simple. Mm-hmm. You think, yeah, I can, I can definitely do this. I do think when you're reading your cookbook, especially books that are international mm-hmm. ethnic foods, I do think you should really look at your ingredient list and look mm-hmm. at the actual recipe. Read it a couple times before you start making it because right. you might miss a step or do something you're not supposed to do. Right. And what I really like is at the end of this book, there is an ingredient glossary. So anything you're not familiar with, he tells you what it is, where you can find it, if you can leave it out, if it's not something that is really required for a recipe to be successful. And he also tells you places where you can buy it. If you don't have an Asian market or a Japanese market specifically Mm -hmm. in your town, you can get a lot of things on Amazon, he says. So there's all kinds of different places that you can order things. I did end up going to one of our local Asian markets to pick up some ingredients for this. Really the only thing that I didn't have on hand was the dashi stock. 
Mm. Which typically you would make yourself. And so I did. I did find at the market some pre-made stocks, but there was a lot of sodium in it. So mm. I decided to go the full traditional route and make it myself. And it was very easy. Actually, the recipe is in this book also, but to make this kombu dashi stock, you just buy the kombu dashi seaweed and put it in, simmer it in some water for about 15 minutes. And then you have a nice stock that you can use. And that really is what gave this an authentic flavor. It really tasted like something that you would get at a restaurant. And I think it was because we used the right, right kind of stock. So what I made was the Oyakodon, which is chicken and egg rice bowl. So it's just you make your rice, put it on the base of your bowl, and then you're going to simmer your egg and chicken. I used fake chicken. <laughs> of course. In a uh, skillet, and then you just pour it on top with whatever sauce isn't absorbed. Mm, okay. Um, and it's very good. This particular recipe is interesting because he, in the head notes, he's very specific that this is a one-serving recipe that you should not try to double it or quadruple it all in the same pan, that it just uh, won't work. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I had five people to feed with it, and they were all super excited about trying this. So, <laughs> so you're like, ah. So, okay. So I had to figure out how I'm going to make this work so I'm not just measuring out five. So I ended up making, putting all of the five portions of the liquid together, just mm -hmm. going ahead and doing that, and then parsing that out again so I didn't have to be putting a tablespoon of this and a cup of this uh, yes. each time. So just to make it a little simpler. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. that would change anything. No, and I pre-cooked all of the chicken, so I just portioned that out and did each egg set individually. So did you, using your, it's like a scrambled egg. Yeah, it's almost like an omelet that you just put over rice, but it has a little bit of a sauce because it's simmered okay. in it. Um, so did you beat, you beat the eggs? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we scrambled them, and then you get your sauce simmering with the chicken in it, and then you just pour the beaten egg over it, let the egg come up to however firm you'd like it, oh, okay. and then kind of wiggle the pan a little bit and then pour it all onto the rice. Oh, okay. And it came out really It's a, be really it's a beautiful nicely. looking dish. Yeah, the picture in here is what sold me on it. Did it, you use the uh, nori or did you use any seaweed on top? I did. I, I bought some nori, but I didn't shred it. I just crumpled it. I uh, just took, tore bits off of it and rub it between my hands and it crumpled. You're like, hmm. Like, yes. Masterpiece. <laughs> Masterpiece. Yeah. So I I would definitely make this again. How, how did so, the toddler like it? She cannot eat eggs. so Oh, that's right. Yeah. So she has a, an egg allergy, so she couldn't have it. But I think she would like it. I, I imagine. I think it's a good family recipe also. So, did she get to have any kind of Japanese food at this meal? She had some rice, but oh. she didn't she didn't have anything else. <laughs> I just can't imagine her looking at you all like, "What do you have?" Yeah, uh, she's she likes her peanut butter and her yeah. cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> she is a toddler. Yes, some applesauce. She was so. good then. Yes. <laughs> So what did you, what did you do? So yours? I, our book was titled Chai Chayat and Chutney, A Street Food Journey Through India. 
And it's by... Oh, my gosh. It's Chetna from Great British Bake Off. Oh, my goodness. I did not realize that's who that was. (laughs) I really like this book a lot. I just found it simple. Some of the recipes were really simple. Some Mm -hmm. of the things I found that that was afraid that I wouldn't find some of this stuff Mm -hmm. maybe wasn't really of interest to me. I thought, nah, I'm not sure really what I want to make. But then I found this vegetable palau. It's a street food. But it is it can be served with a curry, a potato curry, a green curry, yellow curry. But you also could just eat this as a as just a, like a vegetable meal, and it's basically a fried rice. Yeah, and it's it was very tasty. I would definitely make this again. Um, it looks great, and it's it's very simple. It's really quite easy to make. What I like about this cookbook is that every recipe has a picture of it. Yes, which I love. Thank so, you. Yes, that's some great layout. It's there. got, ch- it's got, and I'm a big chai fan, so it's got chives, it's got chutneys, it's got, you know, all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And she's got some nice things about how she came about this and like how it's served on the street. And it's just got some beautiful, beautiful photography in this book, I have to say. I really think it's beautiful. Doesn't she say in the introduction that this book is the result of her taking a food tour yeah. through India? So she really went to each place and picked it is broke. Yes, and it's broken up by different regions. I mean, she talks a lot about what you know, all the foods you can get there and like what the place is like a little bit. Um so I just, I, it feels like you're traveling sort of with her yeah. as you look through the cookbook, which I found really nice. Yeah, I really, I didn't end up making anything out of this, but I really like looking at it. Yeah, I would definitely suggest if you're interested in Indian food, this was a great cookbook. Mm-hmm. As I was kind of looking at the book and doing a little research, I did some reviews and I noticed that a lot of people were talking about other Indian cookbooks that they thought were about the same or equal. And I think this was kind of on par. People who like Indian food mm-hmm. were like, yeah, the recipes are good. So I was kind of interested to see what sh- what other people were saying about the cookbook. Yeah. And I, my family, we eat Indian food often. Yeah. It's a very easy way to eat vegetarian yes, when you it go is. out. Yes, so you can definitely go that route. And, and my toddler likes Indian food so much. Ooh. So I'm definitely going to be making something out of this. The, the one that looked the best to me, mm-hmm. if I were going to make something, which, of course, she can't eat, but it's egg, egg curry. curry. It, and you boil the eggs and then you fry them, which just sounds wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like what? So, but it, it looks really good. So that's something that I would be interested in trying. But Yes. It's so, just... A really, it looks really good. The it's a great layout for a cookbook. Yes, and there's lots of vegetarian recipes in this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this book also has plenty of recipes for meat eaters. If you, if you, yes, like I don't want people to think to that eat it's meat. Not- then yes. this has a lot of good recipes, and really all three of these have great recipes that are either adaptable or are just great as is. Yes. Um, Yes, and she talks about like what you can serve it with, if mm-hmm. uh, what type of curry you might want to use. There's lots of different curries to make out of this cookbook, and I just really liked it. I just thought yeah. overall it was a beautiful book. Leather photography in it, mm-hmm. and I just I really like Chetna from being on Great British Bake Off. I didn't know so. who she was. 
Ooh, I did. I'm kind of behind on. And this show. is her. This is her second. Yes, book. it is her second book. Uh, her first one is more of a sweet. Yes, book, I guess so. she is a baker at heart. I yes. Guess. So it's cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Yes, to us thank this you time. guys so much. Join us next time. We're gonna be grilling. I'm very excited. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. The books featured on this episode were Lydia's Celebrate Like an Italian by Lydia Bastianich, Chai, Chat, and Chutney by Chetna Makan, and Mastering the Art of Japanese Home Cooking by Masaharu Morimoto. If you've enjoyed listening, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you have any questions for us about the cookbooks we've reviewed or books you would like us to review, you can contact us at our website, www.lexpublive.org slash podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Erin. And we'll be back next time with more cookbooks and recipes to share. 